Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today we have with us the aromatic gardener, Amy Anthony. Hi, I'm so happy to have you here. She is a certified clinical aromatherapist and aromatic gardener who left her career in marketing research to pursue what is closest to her heart, working with plants. As a certified aromatherapist, aromatherapist, aromatherapy educator, herbalist, gardener, certified master composter, and artisanal distiller, Amy is one of New York City's top aromatherapy practitioners. Host of the Essential Aromatica podcast, Amy also tends her own aromatic garden on the North Fork of Long Island where she distills her unique products, which I think is so cool. Welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Laura. It's a pleasure. Always talking about plants and helping people. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because my um, first, I guess, uh, career, if you will, right out of college was a botanist. Um, I have an undergrad degree in biology, a concentration in botany, and I had a couple jobs working at some really large greenhouses. So I never really got into distilling herbs, but um, you never know, you know, life is long and lots of fun <laughs> things to do in the meantime, right? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very so, true. I would just love to hear about your story and, and sort of your evolution and how you decided to follow your heart and, and do what you do now. Uh, well, thanks uh, for sharing. I think when we share our stories, a lot of people realize like, oh, that's me too, or like, oh, right. Um, but nature, like nature was always important to me. I grew up weeding fond memories of being with my mother outside. I remember the rock, there's a rock garden and that has always been with me. And uh, like I would go and hike in the swamp lands, like the uh, wetlands of uh, up in the Hudson Valley and like be fascinated by the milkweed, you know, of all things. And uh, I moved, I moved around. I was the, the kid who in high school planned their herb garden. I think I was the only person I knew who in like at 14 years old was planning an herb garden. So that sets the tone for who I was. And I started to research Latin names and try to get my head around that. But fast forward, you go to college. Uh, I wanted to be in the New York City area. You know, I got went to business school, started working in market research, and I moved to New York in 1999, missing nature. I knew I was literally ungrounded, li living four stories up. And I always found a way to connect with nature by going to botanic gardens, etc. And then I spent time in corporate America and wanted to be an herbalist at the same time. Like, so it was always calling me. And then I couldn't take it anymore. And I 
have a supportive spouse. I didn't do this alone. And I was like, I need to quit my job. I was miserable, even though I love market research. So uh, aromatherapy found me. And when I look back, I realized I started, I think my first essential oil, I think was probably in the year of 2012, eucalyptus in my humidifier. And then I was like, what are these oils? What are they? And looking back, I realized it was my way to connect with nature. But I couldn't that couldn't articulate that back then. Okay. And then I was obsessed. What are essential oils? What are these? I need to know more. I, I want to understand as much as I can. And I thought I must become certified. Of course, right? Like, what the heck? And my heart was like, what? What are you doing? And then searching for that certification in 2014, uh, someone opened up a school three blocks from my apartment. <laughs> in-person certification for aromatherapy and, and I earned my first certification in 2015 and then I was asked to teach and it just it bloomed from there mm -hmm. so it's a full circle I needed to be with plants and I knew it the whole time and this was my way of connecting with plants when I live in Manhattan New York yeah I think that's amazing <laughs> you know I think there's so much about the western world that disconnects us from nature and the natural world and so anything you know that reconnects us even if it's you know an essential oil or some sort of aromatherapy uh, you know why not take advantage of that you know um do i don't think we should ever discount the small stuff and you know no. like we do the best we can with the tools that we're given so yeah yeah i totally agree <laughs> <laughs> so um what is olfactory aromatherapy specifically yeah I, it's a great question that i like to i'd like to talk about this topic because mm -hmm. a lot of people have heard about essential oils it's it's an industry it's a global industry it's ballooned over the past 20 years and i got to learn this from my teachers right but aromatherapy we work with essential oils and a lot of people talk about internal use topical application when we have to think that these are, I have all these oils in front of me, highly concentrated substances that must be diluted and respected in that way. And one of their, the way they shine is they're incredibly volatile, meaning they're airborne, mobile ways, and they attach to olfactory receptors, and they can penetrate and attach to membranes and go and penetrate through cells and work with our nervous system. So, by quote, just smelling an oil, you can smell, like I've been working with uh, lemongrass a lot this week. And I, I was getting irritated, my eyes are drying out. Um, I got some on my lip and it was burning. So potent, but mm -hmm. by smelling it, I'm getting the messages I need to when I'm working with moods, emotions and the neuroendocrine system by smelling that vapor. And that's why people do diffuse, and not just for emotions, but you're getting the molecules into your bloodstream. <laughs> They're going mm -hmm. into your body and attaching to receptors. So I just wanna say this before uh, you, I hear your response or some banter. Uh, smelling one drop of oil is very impactful. And I do this in workshops all the time. I have a workshop tomorrow in Brooklyn. We'll be smelling from scent strips and I'll be doing compares and contrasts with a group of like 30 people. Smell this. What do you feel? What's happening in your body? Okay. 10 minutes later, we're going to smell something else. 
note what's happening. And people are often surprised, like, oh, I suddenly, I felt sleepy, now I feel awake. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it triggers a memory and that mm -hmm. memory, you know, also can instigate a feeling or an emotion. Of course. Um, yeah, I, it's fascinating. And you're so right. And it's funny, I've never thought about it that way. But, you know, just thinking about biologically, our how our membranes work, you know, they're very permeable, whether it's, you know, um, the oral membrane in our mouth or mm -hmm. our factory. So yes, absolutely. You know, it doesn't have to be um, so I don't know, how would you say, um, like, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but you wouldn't have to like ingest it or put it on your skin necessarily to benefit from the nuances of these powerful plants. Yeah, I like how you were sharing that because the word that came to mind was direct. Like the direct, vapors yeah, are so diffuse and they permeate the air. You inhale them. When you're inhaling the molecules, yes, they'll attach to olfactory receptors and you have transmission to the brain, which is impacted, you know, the limbic system, the hippocampus, all that good stuff. But you also have the potentiation to penetrate through mucosa. And there's research that shows these work with GABA receptors, serotonin receptors, things can penetrate the blood brain barrier and work with in the cerebral spinal you know, in that. Yeah. So there's like, there's this layered cake of aromatherapy of I like the way that smells or you just like it. Okay. And then, oh, this makes me feel like something. Oh, oh, that reminds me of something. And then there's the actual physiological responses. So there's this whole mesh of stuff that's happening that I feel like most people that aren't geeking out about this stuff, they're not really thinking about scent molecules. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, you know, it's so like when you just even saying the word, you know, neuroendocrine, um, you know, that really brings us back to the scientific basis for which these substances do have, you know, a, a mechanism of action and, you know, a downstream effect that can be therapeutic. And yeah. I think that that's uh, maybe blown off, we'll say, um, you know, in the mainstream. Yeah. But I mean, we use nasal sprays in, in allopathic medicine, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I know some people that can't get through an allergy season without their flow knees. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And I've been trying to find research and I stopped. I'm going to try to pick up again. We know that dermal delivery of drugs is really effective and that nasal delivery is incredibly effective. When I teach, I'm like, think of cocaine, you know, heaven forbid, but people are like, ha 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 like nasal delivery is really impactful. And when you're inhaling like deep inhalation of essential oils, like sniffing, you're really getting in there mm -hmm. and it's oh, stuff can, stuff can happen clearing, you know, and then you could have like suddenly like, Oh, I feel more awake. What? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was battling a cold these last couple of weeks and, um, I swear I didn't realize I usually I use uh, different essential oils to help open things up and it works straight away. It's super effective. Mm -hmm. 
my cold this time was so powerful that I didn't, I lost my sense of smell. I could like, it was, stuff, it was so stuffy in there. Yeah. And so it took like a week for me to finally just like get it all moving. And I am a very um, religious netty potter. So like, uh-huh. I was like nettying like twice to three times a day. And it was still like, it was like, I just, I remember the specific, it was like day five. I was like, oh, I can finally smell again. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, uh-huh. I'm, in the, I'm in the sauna with my wet wash, washcloth, you know, doused in the essential oils that I love. And I finally like was able to take a deep breath and actually smell them. So uh-huh. But I was doing it for days before that. I was hoping that even if I couldn't smell it, that if I was taking the deep breaths, that it would still be working. Um, yeah. So I think, yes, probably, you know. Yeah. The, they, yeah. There, there is a lot of evidence. A lot of the research that's out there is for the antibacterial, antimicrobial properties of essential oils. So when we are with the oils, and I'm going to say this, I'm not to be like, ooh, look at me, but... I have not been sick for over three years. Mm -hmm. I'm by these oils all the time. I know people, distillers and stuff, they're by the conifer trees. They do not get the respiratory like sickness. And it's like, I don't share this. I'm sharing this with you publicly, but I don't say this a lot. It's like, I am by these. I have the herbs in my diet. It's like, there are real antimicrobial properties to these things. And there's a lot of scientific evidence to prove it. Right. So, yeah. It's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the, the tools that nature provides us and we as humans just figuring out, you know, a way to implement them. Uh, yeah. You know, you could use the word manipulate, you know, whatever, just work with them to yeah. optimize them for our use and ingestion in a myriad of ways, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't been sick in two years and this cold kicked my ass. And I I, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but so it was something new that my body had not encountered either ever or in a long time. So I think that's why yeah. it was so rough. But um, anyway, so what about let's can we talk about more about connecting with nature and are there specific blends or do you do you recommend like just sticking with like maybe like one, like whether it's you know, juniper or, you know, something like that, or I don't know, tell how many, how do you do it? (laughs) Uh, It's a great question because it could be really personal, but honestly, depending on where you live, there's going generally will be aromatic plants by you, but just get outside, touch the plants. Uh, Conifers are the best because they're so global. So juniper is one juniper grows in so many places. You can go and carefully smell the prickly leaves or take the berries and crush them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, or think seasonally what's by you. You could go to your supermarket, right? And maybe make a nice cup of tea, but really that, that connection of being in a place like the conifer trees, taking a walk and smelling those terpenes coming out of it, smelling it and being by it. And that makes you breathe deeply, right? You smell, you're engaging your senses. So, you know, people hear of forest bathing and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but really being able to just find an excuse to immerse ourselves with our senses is life. And like you Mm -hmm. said before, us in the Western world, Euro, you know, European, Western we've really found a way just to like try, try to shut stuff out as much as possible. Right. Or is that, is that unfair to say, but 
No, I don't think it's unfair. I think it's it's interesting. I don't know that we did it consciously. Um, you know, it's especially those, you know, like you living in a really big city, the, the concrete jungle, as they sometimes like to call it. Um, you know, there's parks, but still, yeah, you, you still have those background noises of the city hustle and bustle around you. So I think there's something to be said for, you know, being able to get out of town and yeah. find yourself off the grid, even if it's just for an hour or two and listen to the rustle of the trees, the leaves through the wind and the birds and, you know, the crackle of pine needles underneath your feet or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the smell and the colors like in Union Square Park here, I've been, I always try to look up, notice the sky, you know, happy new moon. That's just tomorrow or currently tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The Eastern red buds are blooming. You see the color, like I'm not smelling deeply in New York City, but like you want to engage. And again, aromatherapy for me is a way to connect with nature because like you said, I'm in this concrete jungle, but mm -hmm. you know, whenever I can, this might sound really weird, but I, when I teach, I often take my shoes off because I realize if I'm wearing heels or boots, I'm like, I really feel ungrounded. Like mm -hmm. the closer I can get to the ground, the, the better I am. Take a cup of simple tea, like peppermint tea, grow your own peppermint, find it, buy it at the supermarket, farmer's market, crush it, smell it. What happens and drink it. It's great for stomach digestion mm -hmm. for many people right so it's oh, just yeah yeah it's this is like a gift we can give ourselves by seeking nature and i'm gonna say this this was funny good friend of mine i won't name names i was chatting with her today about a project and she's a city person she's lived here and we're talking about a field trip down to new jersey to um, a dr stills house a very famous african-american doctor a historical site and she's like i don't want to go down those nature trails i don't know what's there i'm like there's city girl you know like uh -huh. you know you, it's important to immerse ourselves but some people can be scared because they don't they're so removed <laughs> yes yes i love it <laughs> i don't know what could get me out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> so how do you go about you know really aligning uh, with your clients and sort of curating the oils for their needs? Uh, it's a, it's a great question because this is just so into, I practice aromatherapy. I see people only in person. You have an entire, you have sessions with me. So you might, and this works for some people, you can go to the store and get a pain blend and apply and be like, oh, that, that helped with my pain. But what if you, have uh, an association with clove, let's say, or frankincense is great for pain. So many oils are great for pain. Pint is great for pain. What if you have a terrible memory of that? But someone's like, no, no, peppermint's the way to go. And you're like, no, but I just can't be around it. So I work with someone, I take their whole intake. We have a long conversation. I set expectations about what the oils can and can't do. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about and try to set an intention. And then uh, I, as the practitioner, I have over like 300 oils, you know, so I might say, Hey, I'm listening to you. I'm thinking about these 10 oils. And what we're going to do is you're going to smell them and we're going to weed that down to like three or five oils to help create a special blend for your needs. So that's it. You're involved with the process. 
you're involved with how you want the oils to be delivered to you. Because if you can't stand rollerballs and maybe we're making a deodorant for you, you know, like I make creams, balms. It's, it's so niche and nuanced. I mean, that's, I a, and that. that's the way I practice and not everyone might feel that's the right way, but that's my way. So, but I, but I love it too, that you, um, you allow yourself to get creative with all the modes of delivery. Like you said, a balm, even a deodorant. And I don't think a lot of people like really think about, um, you know, I have a natural deodorant that I really love that as a lavender has a really great lavender, um, you know, um, essential oil that's blended into it. And that's one of the things I love about it. And so it's like, yeah, you can have these deliveries in such a, a myriad of creative ways that. Yeah. Yeah. And really personal, like it's a pretty recent experience. I don't work with children a lot, but I was working with a, a young person and her mother was present, of course. And uh, I had the oil selected and she picked out the ones that worked for her. And I gave her like three things, like how do you want to use it in your life? You know, so to really engage someone gives them control, even though you're there is like, I'm the quote expert, like I'm the guide and I'm the conduit. And I'm going to share this with you. I don't often say this. When I started teaching, I never thought I could teach. I'm a pretty introverted person, but the plants allow me to speak with people. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting. Like for me to share my story, like before, if you had me in a group of people and we're introducing ourselves, my heart would be pounding. I'd be so like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to participate, but being th these things, these oils, these plants help me communicate with other people. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I can totally relate to that um, for sure. <laughs> um, and it's, it's so interesting. I feel like, especially those of us that are, um, especially intentionally in tune with nature, whether it's trees, you know, herbs, plants, essential oils, all of the things that I think messages come through that they, they, the universe uses them as sort of a conduit to, you know, help us Kate in a way that maybe we wouldn't normally be able to or feel comfortable for sure. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. I, I'm grateful for this weird path that I'm on that I could do like meet people like you and just spread a message because um, the the essential oil market I hate that word is just global business it's it's huge and how do we share like what is an essential oil how can I work with them to help me in very responsible ways like olfactory mm -hmm. inhalation and and really trying to connect with nature I just want to share this I just recorded an episode for my podcast right before meeting with you about spring and lemongrass and stuff like that and this is so funny I just lost my train of thought because I was going like three different directions <laughs> <laughs> oh man I love this oh gosh no need to even edit this out I think it's hilarious okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I'm sorry it's okay we we're talking about spring 
and you said something about lemongrass. <laughs> Connect, connecting with nature. Thank you. So I, I encourage people when I do these Luna Aroma Talks that you don't have to have the oil. You could, if you're growing the plant, if you have an, uh, a supermarket nearby, go buy the herb. Go to a store and make a tea, for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. It doesn't I ha have to be about the essential oil. And that's the message of how do you make this stuff relatable and not so like buy the essential oil, buy, 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 buy stuff. You know, it's about the plants. It's about nature and connecting and respecting the world. Yeah. So. And, and really, I think all you need is a, is a windowsill in the right aspect of your home, you know, to grow a little rosemary or to grow some mint or thyme or lavender or, you know, whatever it is that your, your heart desires, any of those smells that, you know, like perk you up or help you relax or, or just that take you back to a loving memory. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a super elaborate garden with a huge, you know, yard or garden plot. It can be something as simple as a couple containers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of joy can be come out of that. Like people that say, I can never grow something and you try, you're, you're inviting life to live. And earlier you said working with, and mm -hmm. That's what I like to say when I'm working with plants, because we're at the the height of the cusp of Earth Day, right? So it's it's apropos. But when we work with beings, we're talking about sustainability, right? We're looking mm -hmm. at life cycle and the interconnectedness of life and how we are a part of nature. So I, it's it's deep. Oh, it's for sure. Deep. Yeah. And it's, uh, I actually, I've been on like a podcast recording marathon today. So I was recording an episode with someone earlier and we were talking about how we really are connected and one with mother earth. Like we are made of the same elements and all the same aspects and atoms and molecules that earth is made of. And so it's really, I mean, like we can talk ourselves out of it all day long, but we, when we come back to the truth of the matter, we are part of earth we are one with earth and all of the natural world and so yeah i think there's also this even deeper layer of connection that if we allow ourselves can come through by working you know either with the plant or the oil like you said either or um, yeah. and just taking a moment if you have that cup of fresh mint tea just take a deep inhale and you know allow it to permeate your being <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah Exactly. And there's, it's so silly, but so much joy in this. And I love it when I'm with people and you have an aroma or like uh, a cup of something that smells and you just see their face light up and beam. You know, like I, I'm an aromatherapist. I have scent strips with me. I have oils. I'm out. Sometimes I'll be like, smell this. I was just at lunch with some friends, great vegan restaurant. We shared a botanical perfume with someone. <laughs> it's just like you see people like you change their chemistry like that with mm -hmm. uh, with an aroma, with that chemo sensory stuff. It's so deceptively simple and seems so easy, but it's so complex at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm in a soapbox, but I'll stop after this. Aromatherapy is like, I think it's a terrible word because aromatherapy, as we're talking uh, uh, during this session, it's so deep. There's so many layers. It's not just like, mm, that smells nice. That's, that's a huge chunk of it. Mm -hmm. But there's so many other layers happening. Uh, it's just, 
Yeah, I hate the word aromatherapy. <laughs> there, I said it out loud, you know. <laughs> so I am imagining that are there some oils that um, maybe uh, like potentiate like a serotonin response, you know, or like a dopamine response or, you know, some of those, you know, good feeling neurotransmitters that are moving around in our brain. Um, are there some of those that are better known for that than others? Or is that totally like person, person specific and completely individual? That's a really cool question that I don't have the data in front of me. I can say I'm getting a little feedback. I can say that I was introduced to research very recently that Roman chamomile has shown to work with uh, oxytocin mm -hmm. and work with those levels of that feel good mm -hmm. chemical. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I had my notes in front of me, but there is some data that supports the actual neurochemistry potentiation happening mm -hmm. of that. But you caught okay. me off guard and I don't have oh, that. Sorry. Yeah, it's so me. good. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a really I've never good thought question. About before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could follow up with you, but I have some sure. notes written down, but it's, yeah. it's out there and I'm hoping the research is coming because there's more interest in oils and thanks mm -hmm. to cannabis, we're getting more and more research on terpenes. Yes. Um, so thanks to the money and interest, people are investing research dollars but um i'm just thinking one thing i know off the top of my head there is a doctor uh in i think it's maine she was doing research on frankincense showing it works in the trvp3 pathway that works with pain okay. reception and perception um so it's there but yeah i think for it i I'm um, I'm glad you brought up canna cannabis in context with the terpenes because I do think um, probably because of money, but you know I think also just the the vast potential of this medicine that comes from a plant that was so for so long demonized, but there's so little we understand about it. And I think when that of the box opened and we started doing research and starting understanding, oh, wow. Like, and when we say a terpene, that's, that's an aromatic chemical that, uh, that does have action in the human body. Mm -hmm. And there's a variety of them. There's not just one terpene. There's many of them. And so if you're looking at a product, whether it's CBD or cannabis, and it says full spectrum, I, that's usually what that means is like that it should have the full spectrum of all its um, aromaticity and all of its um, potential for, for medicinal properties. Although we still don't know the depth of what that actually means. Yeah. And so hopefully, I think even like within the botanical research field, there's so much still that we don't know about all the plants that we already think we know about, you know, and yeah. Um, yeah, like frankincense or the chamomile or, you know, rosemary, again, lavender, you know, so many, uh, lemon even, mm -hmm. um, you know, to like really figure out, okay, they, these beings, these plants are, are just as complex as human beings are. And we probably know less about them than we do the human body. Yeah. And so how much potential is there for healing and, and for some, you know, hopefully creative solutions. Yeah, creative solutions like 
I, I don't want to go too far off on a tangent here, but it's like we always think of the body as, as in systems, right? And I think mm -hmm. we're moving away from that viewpoint slowly. Mm -hmm. And we often think of plants as having the systems. And when we look at essential oils and their myriad terpenes, right? Like you're saying, there's so many terpenes, terpenoids, sesquiterpenoids, sesquiterpenols, uh, like there's all these aromatic classes. There's a plant creates these secondary metabolites to be multi-targeted because it's in one place, right? So it can encounter several different types of bacteria. It needs to create an atmosphere around itself. It needs to signal to a beneficial insect. Like so mm -hmm. much is happening. And, you know, we, we're, like you're saying, we are still trying to like figure that out but the mm -hmm. plants know what they're doing we think they do <laughs> <laughs> they've been here a lot longer than we have too <laughs> well i like to think they think but then people will be like plants don't think but you know there's that well um, i think there's actually some research now that is actually finally starting to again just scratch the surface of that and you touched on it a little bit that communication whether it's yeah. communication to a pollinator or communication to you know a predator of some sort, whether it be a beetle or, or a yep. bacterial fungal infection, you know, or even communication between themselves. Yep. Uh, there's definitely communication happening, even though we could, I mean, maybe still ignorantly classify plants as inanimate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So again, like so many things that we don't know that are finally coming to light even if it's because of cannabis, I'm Yay. right on. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for more, more dollars spent towards trying to understand and not, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, cool. So you call yourself an aromatic gardener. I, we've <laughs> talked a little bit about, you know, like creating a little home garden for yourself if, if you can, mm -hmm. um, what else goes into that or like with your identification with that term? It's it's uh, it started twofold that uh, so I spent time in Manhattan, New York and on the North Fork of Long Island. So that's where I try to tend to plants. I ask them to grow there. I do my best. I don't want to put up fences. So uh, aromatics are one way that plants uh, say stay away. So I've planted so many different types of plants and that keeps the deer don't want to eat them the rabbits don't, the groundhogs don't want to eat them. So aromatic gardening one way is really like, hey, I don't want to put up fences. I want to enjoy the herbs. As a teacher, as a practitioner, I want to know what that plant looks like. What environment does it like to grow in? Does it hate Long Island? Well, what can I do? How can I understand this? So it's working with the environment around me as an aromatic gardener, uh, as a teacher. And then also people are, you know, you learn about companion planting. Mm -hmm. So basil and tomatoes go together. You can plant um, plants to bring beneficial insects in. A lot of them are aromatic. But honestly, it started as like, okay, I want to work with the deer. Oh, okay. That's fascinating. <laughs> So you want to work with them in ter in terms of like encouraging them to come into you or like work with them no. like having a garden, but that they, they won't eat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Like yeah. you guys stay over there and nibble that stuff and you will exactly. leave my Santolina and lavender and fennel and Melissa and like all these other things alone. Mm -hmm. um, but I, um, again, I mentioned as a teacher and a practitioner, a lot of, I, I feel a lot of people see the oils for sale and they forget they come from plants. So the more you can always bring it back to like showing someone, hey, this is what a black pepper plant looks like. Have you seen what lemongrass looks like when it grows? Like when you get that connection to be like, that came from a living being. And guess what? It took 90 plus pounds of lemongrass to get a pound of oil. It's like 90 kilograms. Like, guess what? <laughs> Takes a lot of plant material. So it's like always remembering that this stuff in these bottles are from a living plant. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's part of that aromatic gardening stuff as well. Like, who are you and what do you look like, little plant? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, like you said, like their natural environment, you know, is it a harsh, rugged, hot, dry? Or is it more of like um, swampy or cool or, you know, like whatever. But just like, you know, we are products of our environment, you know, so are the plants. And so I think that... Mm -hmm it's probably really good to understand that. And especially if you're looking for a certain property to bring in with like whatever your intention is with bringing it, the oil into your life and into your practice, um, you know, like, are you looking for that strong, enduring <laughs> quality or maybe yep. you're <laughs> looking for something a little bit more gentle and laid back? You know, know. What? no, I love that. I love that you're bringing this up because when you look at so many of the aromatic plants, the essential oils, the essential oil producing plants, bearing plants, they are considered weeds. They uh, are often the first to come into areas and be the, uh, you know, the pioneers, pioneer species like juniper, big pioneer species, mm -hmm. Eastern um Juniperus virginiana growing here, the cedar wood, big pioneer species. These are rugged. They have what it takes. And part of that is their immunity, quote, of the essential oils, of the, 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 the power of the essential oils. It's, they're often just these weedy plants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you're saying rough, they're, like, they can hack it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, that's so true. Like, um, I live in California around Lake Tahoe and we have beautiful forests here. Of course, we've had a problem with bark beetles with our drought over the last few years. Yeah. But if you're, you know, hiking around the Sierras and especially, you know, once you get up towards the crust, it's very granity and it's very harsh terrain, but you'll find these juniper trees that you can tell are they're huge, they're hundreds of years old. They're literally growing out of a crack in the granite. And, but yet you go down a little further in elevation and you can have a whole swath of, you know, of a pine forest that has just been decimated by bark beetle. And I think that's a, a really good example of the different um, aromatic um, qualities of those two different conifer trees that I yeah. would never have thought about before. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much cool, cool stuff. Like like you're saying, like when you, and part of that getting back to nature, when we stop and observe and like what is happening here in this environment, you know, it's, it's humbling. I think it's really humbling when we stop and observe what's going on around us. Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> we, we allow ourselves at least like 30 seconds to just pause. <laughs>
and breathe and observe. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how we can be humbled. <laughs> yeah, and part of our well-being. So if if you find it intriguing, lemongrass is the theme, right? If you find it interesting, uh, you your listeners, like if you take that 30 seconds to pause and smell and crush a leaf of eucalyptus might be growing by you in California up there. I'm not sure. A little, it, down in elevation it does. Yes. Yeah. So you can go take that, crush it, smell it, breathe. Oh, you're giving yourself a huge gift on so many levels, pausing, breathing, the um, clearing of the, the uh, aromatic chemicals like there's such a gift in three minutes of breathing a botanic an aromatic mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> three minutes, five minutes <laughs> yeah so um all right so i want to finish up with one last question uh, in terms of aromatherapy and the chakras are are there like certain you know, like when I think of chakras, they're, you know, energy wheels at centers of our body. And typically when we learn about them, we learn about specific colors that are assigned to each mm-hmm. one. Although I found through my different intuitive work that our chakras can really be any that intuitively wants to come through because it's just a vibration, right? So I think the color that we tune into, if we're going to tune into our chakras, in theory should be a reflection of how it's vibrating at that moment. And so if you focus there for, again, even three to five minutes, you can change that vibration and then you could change the color. But I'm sort of going off on a tangent here myself. No, (laughs) you're not. You're my chakras class. I I don't want to interject, but I'm spot on. I'm with you. No, keep going. Yeah. So uh, my question is uh, uh, coming back to the essential oils. Would you say there's like a classic, you know, assignment of essential oil per chakra? Or again, is it um, just based on wherever you're vibrating at the moment and what's going to like help bring it back into balance maybe? So what you just said, you kind of answered the question with your work. (laughs) So I created a class. It's a big baby of mine, chakras and aromatherapy, because I was like, what's honestly, I'm like, what's all this junk I see? Like I go to Sedona, I see like chakra blend, balance your chakras. I'm like, what is this about? So I'm like, let me really try to look at this. And I've looked at a framework. It doesn't mean it's the right one, but it's honestly roots for root chakra. And these, the, when you think about it, really makes sense. Seeds for down and more the sacral, solar plexus and fruits. Flowers for the heart. Resins for more of the pineal up into crown. I get into hydrosols as well. And there you can start to look at what it's called morphology. So plant part. And when you really sit and smell, you could, it makes sense, right? But like you said, because we know the energy moves up and down into the different plexi in that you can change the vibration. So if you feel like your throat chakra is closed, you might turn to the leaves like eucalyptus. Maybe it is, guess what, lemongrass, because I'm (laughs) all about lemongrass this week. And maybe it's not because maybe actually it's your throat chakra is blocked because something further down is blocked. Mm -hmm. So there's this crossover. So when you look at oils, I challenge all of us to say, oh, someone created a blend. Great. Is that resonating with me? 
right? right? And maybe you focus on that. Maybe you're drawn to something, but you could follow this model. And it's not unique to me, but I was really, I created this whole class around it where you look at roots for root chakra, right? Leaves for throat. Leaves talk for plants, right? They respire and expire for plants. So it's, there's this beautiful connection and the model might work and it gives you a framework to start. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, when you learn how to draw, then you can break the rules. Right. right? So I yeah. hope that makes sense. It's like what you oh, were yeah. just saying. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that thinking about, like you said, the morphology of, and also, you know, like in, in all the, you know, sciences that we, the life sciences, we talk about form and function. So mm -hmm. like you said, like the leaves and what do they do for the plant or the seeds? What do they do? So what's the form and what is its function? Yeah. Uh, I think it can definitely be um, linked back to the chakras. You know, what is the chakra? What is its function for you? And what is that complement maybe? Yeah. I mean, I love, thanks for having this conversation because I've talked about this, but like, if you need a sense of security, and that's your root chakra generally, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you need to uh, smell an oil that makes you go back to a memory that makes you feel safe. So you might not go to Nagarmatha or Vetiver or Angelica root. Maybe you're reaching for the smell of coffee, like coffee absolute, mm -hmm. right? It could be a memory that makes you feel uh, like you can speak your truth and that speaking your truth right from the solar up into the third chakra. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like there's so many ways of approaching it. Right. So Absolutely. it could be, uh, this is a, I never thought of this till right now. So thank you for this conversation to have the memory help spur the chakra movement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I security. For sure, because I think, you know, our, our memories, our thoughts, and our thoughts create our feelings. Mm -hmm. And again, that all of this is still vibrational. And so if something's, quote, you know, out of balance, then the vibration is off. We'll just call it off yeah. for lack of a better word. But we want the, you know, the whole goal is to bring it back into balance. We want to be mm -hmm. in alignment. We want to be in tune. And so, yeah, so whatever that takes, I think memories are a great way, especially to, I think, re, um, reconnect us with maybe some feelings and emotions that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel in a while. And, and how good is that to process and release and let go of those? Yeah. Yeah. I love I'll it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> We've covered a lot today. Uh, where can people find you and, you know, enjoy your amazing work? Oh, thank you. Um, oh, uh, check out, please go to nycaromatica.com, my website. I have a lot of videos. I call them plant talk. You're outside with me in the garden where we talk about the plant, how it likes to grow. Let's talk about its essential oils, therapeutics. Um, I have articles with about plants to help people get to know the plant and blending ideas to get into blending application ideas. I have several, I think all of my classes, but my chakra class is uh, pay what you wish. Some of them are free and pay what you wish. And some are like, give me $5 or pay what you wish. Mm -hmm. So how to diffuse oils. And I come from a corporate background. So I'm giving you pretty slick information. I think well-presented. I've been told well-presented. Mm -hmm. um, 
information, how to diffuse, how to make herbal oils, how to make a spritzer, some ideas, safety, how to safely make a cream, you know, like and work with essential oils. So I'm, I'm a great stepping stone resource. If you're not ready for certification and you're curious, consider me a teacher uh, to go to if my voice resonates with you. And uh, lastly, I have my podcast, like I mentioned before, Essential Aromatica, very aromatherapy focused, but something I'm proud to share. It's a, a project I worked on for over a year called Luna Aroma. And I, I put that out every new moon. So tomorrow I'm, I'm publishing the next episode about considering lunar moon time themes and connecting that with an essential oil and having a guided meditation to guide you through uh, the thoughts of this time. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a very personal project that I'm thrilled to share. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun for me. Um, you know, I haven't talked about some of these things in, in the plant world for quite a long time. So it was igniting, you know, pieces in my brain that I, I guess were ready to be, to be reawakened. So thank you. And thank you for your time and all your expertise. And I encourage everyone to check out Amy's website and her podcast. I definitely will be tuning in um, just because uh, I'm so impressed with her breadth of knowledge and, and the way she uh, presents her information. I love it. So well, thank, thank, you thank you again. Thank you so much.